welcome back to... oh yeah welcome to back to <laughs> our marriage story second time's a charm yes i'm eli i'm cassandra and today we have a very special guest with us yes definitely a longtime friend of the family he's gonna hit us with those hard questions we have charles beaver <laughs> very nice I-, I love the intro it looks very it sounds sounds interesting uh, i'm excited I- i'm so happy to be here i really am yeah we're excited to have you um you're our very first guest so it's pretty awesome yeah and i love some well, of the questions you. you put thank together you I-, I actually when you kind of started this up i thought man that you guys have an amazing story and I, I just I'm honored to actually be on the phone with you guys and just to kind of chat a little bit. Well, when when I saw your both of your podcasts and kind of what you've done, I, I've kind of watched you guys from a distance, and you guys taken such an unusual turn um, in your marriage, and it was such a delight to kind of see where you guys landed today. And I just kind of from a perspective, it's it's different to see or to have a guest on and then the guest interview you both. <laughs> but I think we're going to have a good time. I, I think we will. I yeah. think so, so if too. If you're cool with that, can I ask you, uh, you guys a few questions? Yeah. You guys story? Yeah, let's get going. Yeah, we've got an open book. Okay. So. <laughs> I, like, I like that, Sandra. I like that. I like it. So my, my, I guess kind of my first question is, and I'm sure for a lot of the uh, listeners here today is, it seems like, because you know, you and I kind of grew up in kind of a kind of a conservative um, church growing up. Um, I'm not much older than you. I, I'm just going to turn 42. How old are you? Or is that oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you're way older than me. <laughs> <laughs> He's so rude. I just and turned I 21. <laughs> okay. And I know uh, it's not appropriate to ask Cassandra uh, or ask the ladies. Oh, I have no shame. Well, she's way no older shame. than me, and you're way, way older okay. than me. So, you know, she's somewhere in between. Yeah, no. So Eli's 36, Are... and I'm 37. Oh, okay. So, no, that's yes, that's none of us are uh, old by any means. That's right. That's right. Uh, 36, 37 is the new 26, 27. That's what I was told. Yeah. Well, you so, know. 30 is the new 20. Yeah, and then 20 is the new 10. Right. <laughs> they still behave like 10-year-olds, yes. Yeah, they act like that nowadays. <laughs> well, uh, just getting back to the question, right? I don't want to kind of... I, I know I know something about Cassandra, just based on what you, like, you kind of have shared with me in your story and kind of when family events and, and other events. But, you know, you and I kind of grew up in a kind of a conservative religious home, and for the most part... Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Kind of give us some framework that you, kind of how you grew up, and it was kind of a you were pretty dedicated in church, right? Yeah, you know, um, of course, I was raised Pentecostal, super strict. Um, we went to that church that Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, Friday, <laughs> um, Friday youth service, Saturday Saturday morning prayer. Um, so we had a lot of church time 
and right. not very much freedom, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was your focal point. I mean, you were, it sounds like you were, you were all in with your family and you probably didn't have a choice. Yeah. There was no point. choice in the matter at all. It was, <laughs> you live under this household, you abide by these rules. Sure. Cassandra, um, what about you? I mean, did you have any faith or Christian background growing up? Um, not really. My family personally never attended church. Um, I did have some grandparents um, that were Mormon, and so when I would visit them, I would go to church with them. But other than that, I never really had much of a teaching or an understanding. Okay, cool. So, and that you'll find that it's probably more common uh, than we actually think about. Um, kind of going back to how we grew, how we kind of were raised in it. Do you think that some of the principles, just some of the principles, have affected your life for the positive? We'll just stick with the positive because we can always talk about the negative. <laughs> but for the positive, like some of the positive things, have, do you think that the past had you kind of gathered some positive influences that have helped you shape your life to where you at to where you are at, like right now? For me, not that there was like an extreme amount of negative, but I don't feel like anything that really happened in my childhood helped me to to grasp any of the positives that I am now today. I feel like that happened more later on in life um, uh, through my own uh, lessons. Sure. What about you, Eli? Um, yeah, definitely. You know, um, it gave me values. Um, it taught me to be accountable. It taught me to be faithful. It also taught me to be trustworthy. And um, it gave me that sense of responsibility, you know. Um, that, you know, you don't see that stuff nowadays. It's, it's hard to have anybody be accountable. But I think, you know, my past really made me be that kind of person today help to kind of shape yeah you know even like being late yeah it's it's my work phone don't worry about it um even like being late i can't i can't be late i have to be on time or early you know early is what i like i like to show up you know 20 minutes early and that's sure i think because of church yeah that's good that's very good very good value, very good quality. Um, Cassandra, um, your childhood, like, tell us just a couple of things about you. Um, were you born in Colorado your whole life? Where did you go to school at? Um, so I was actually born in North Dakota, um, very briefly uh-huh. there. My dad was oil-filled, and so we tend to move around a lot. Um, I've lived in Colorado most of my life, but not consistently. We moved here when I was 10. We moved away when I was 13. Um, came back again when I was 15, 16, sorry. And then I moved again to Utah in my 20s and have been back now for eight years. Ah. Um, so with all of that moving around and you eventually cross paths with the guy 
that you are looking at right now? How did you guys meet? I guess that's the question I want to ask. Is how in the world did you guys meet? I'll let you tell her her version of how we met, and then I'll tell you my version of how we met. <laughs> we'll see how much this differs. Um, so, Eli, so I started working at Pizza Hut um, when... So I was 16. My mother had just recently lost her first leg from some issues with the surgery. And so oh. I kind of had to find a more reliable job, something closer to home. So I left my job at a restaurant in Commerce City and uh, started working at Pizza Hut. And that's when I found Eli, who I could not stand the first first few months that I met him. I did not like his cocky attitude. <laughs> I think that's how. <laughs> yeah, he he kind of just was annoying, obnoxious. He knew everything, and it drove me crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's her version. So my version is at 16... I started working at Pizza Hut. Um, I think you were 17 by then. Okay, maybe. Um, she's exactly six, oh, one year and, and six, six months. months to the day older than me. So I was 16. Um, I started Pizza Hut. Was there for, you know, a very short time before they wanted me to move up and be the kitchen manager. So, you know, I was a little cocky. I was the best at making pizzas, the best at cutting pizzas. Nobody can keep up with me. When it got super busy on a Friday night, I was the one, you know, would run the line by myself and I'd make all the pizzas, catch up, then go and start cutting them and boxing them and make everybody else do all the little work. So, yeah, I was a little cocky. But then I saw this blonde hair waitress. You know, that, I think I remember that. That caught my eye. And of course, yeah. you know, being a teenager, a cocky 16-year-old, you know how they act. So, you know, I think it was more me trying to impress her. And I think she was more mature, you know, how females are compared to males. They're always a little more mature. So my sure, sure. my flirtations came off as annoyances definitely but um so that's how we met yeah we had we both were in um separate relationships kind of or you know little kid relationships type thing um at that time and so neither one of us were really you know completely interested in each other um but i went through um some hardships and I finally decided to separate from the boyfriend that I had. And I had another friend who worked with us who was probably in her mid-20s, early 30s. And she was like, you should really go on a date with Eli. He really likes you. He really, really likes you. He talks about you all the time. And I'm like, I am not going on a date with this kid. Like, he drove me crazy. Um <laughs> But she said that, but I, I was persistent. <laughs> yes. And she went on a date with me. I did. I did. 
And that's all it took, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Yes. That is how it happened. Yeah. There was some, some rocky parts in between. You know, it was it was different because again, we had both completely different backgrounds. You know, our lives were different. We didn't attend the same school. Um you know, he had a different social running than I did. And so I think that caused even then a lot of issues as teenagers, you know, having different lifestyles that caused some hiccups here and there. Looking back now, because right now you're looking back, can you understand, can either of you understand why some people just kind of, you know, or or what issues that, or why those issues could have caused some rockiness? Like you guys, you know, said you guys had different principles, different upbringings. Looking at it, I can see how that could bring struggles. Yeah, it brought a lot of struggles. I mean, for one, I wasn't even allowed to date her, you know. So I was basically living two separate lives, you know. Really? I had, I had my life when I was at church. And then when I left church and would go to work or be at school, I had a whole separate life. Um, no kidding. So she was definitely taboo for me, for my family. Um, yeah. You know, you were supposed to, for one, you weren't even allowed to be dating. Um, and then uh, two, she wasn't in the church. So she was very off limits. Yeah, and, and so that like, played you, a lot. You like, so, so you actually, you were like, you had like people, you're people of influence in your life that you guys should not even be dating because of your upbringing or the way the church was at that time. Correct. Wow. But yeah, you guys so, got married. Yeah, we did. You know, um, I decided to leave home at, 17 maybe 18 i was fed up with being told um what to do when to do it how to do it and i said you know what i can do it all on my own and i decided to leave and so we ran off together you got married uh like a justice of peace or no so some guy in a van we we lived together for a while um and then eventually we decided, okay, let's get married. And we actually had a big little shindig. Um, Both yeah. sides of our families did attend, regardless of, I still think that they didn't think it was time or the smart yeah. choice, but they all attended and we're all civil, thankfully. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of a cool um, thing because they kind of they supported you, but they didn't necessarily agree with you. Yeah, yeah. It, Very interesting. It, it was difficult, you know, um, for a little while. But I think yeah. in the end, they were like, okay, I mean, you know, he's making his own choices. I can't stop it. So, yeah. And I think yeah. uh, them being adults, you know, and the parents were like, well, I can't miss this moment for my child. So I'll be there for them. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, it all worked out. Um, wedding day was was good and then life started <laughs> yeah 
So how long were you guys married? The first time? The first time, yeah. Seven years. Seven years. So during those seven years, Eli and Cassandra, um, you know, there, our culture, well, I should say it this way, um, typically people don't necessarily get a divorce overnight. Usually they start to, um, some would say, fall out of love. Some would say they just stop choosing to care or they stop choosing to hold their spouse for whatever reason. Can either of you guys like identify during those seven years? I mean, I know it might be difficult to like pinpoint a day, but what what do you think happened? Like, can you recall what were your thought process of why you guys split up? Like, what what was it that? Uh, and could you describe it today? That's a loaded question. Um, there's no <laughs> pinpointing um, because we got married and. I think we both regretted it a little bit right after, like we're so young. Um, and then what, a year you got pregnant? Yeah, like seven, eight months into our marriage, we had, you know, got pregnant. And I decided I was like, wow, I'm too young for this. And I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do my thing. And so while she was pregnant, I went off and lived a whole nother life. Yeah. And for it nine was, months. Yeah, for almost nine months. He finally came back, thankfully. Um, we had our baby, and I'd say things were good for a few more months. And then we just, we were so young and so stupid and so selfish that, I mean, I I know looking back now that I never, ever showed him any respect. I know that I talked down to him. I put him down. I never helped to build him up. And that that's entirely my fault. So I'd say from the get-go, this wasn't something that was supposed to last even seven years. I have no idea how we survived seven years. Wow. Yeah. You, you put a really good point on something that you guys were both living a life of self-love, selfishness. Like you guys were both into your own little world, and you have no idea how that would have lasted seven years. Yeah, it, um, it which shouldn't have lasted today. even maybe two years. You know, right? Um, exactly. That's exactly. Because on her end, you know, she's a strong woman. If I would, if she would have done the things to me that I did to her, I definitely wouldn't have stuck around. How did you guys, um, like, when you guys first, like, the initial breakup, did you guys, like, when you guys filed that that divorce, I mean, you guys were so self-absorbed, probably. What are some of the other things that just drove you to take that pen, seek out whatever, and just say, we're done? Well, we moved to Utah. Some of those um, from Colorado, we moved to Utah, her dad got an amazing job promotion and you know gave us thoughts of a great life out there well we got out there and I learned it wasn't easy being without a support system for myself no family no friends um, it was hard enough to get a job and it just 
tore me down and tore me down and tore me down. And then at that point, she was always at her mom's beck and call also. Um, so I, I felt like I didn't even have a relationship. You know, every time her mom would call there, she would go. And I know hopefully people listening to this that, you know, are in our story, they're not taking it personal. That was a long time ago, and this is our feelings. Um, we definitely don't feel this way now, but that was part of our story. Uh, so just hang in there. If if you feel like we're bad-mouthing you, we're really not. Um, it shaped us to who we are today. So, yeah, you know, I, I had no, I had nothing. And, and I was, I was done. I said, I called my brother and I said, dude, come pick me up, please. I can't stay here any longer. Yeah. And we both, um, infidelity on both ends. Um, that was a huge breaking point. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. It, you know, both of us did so many wrong things back and forth to each other. Um, kind of a tit for tat type thing. And that yeah. destroyed any opportunity of getting over the past and looking for a future with each other. Um, when we moved to Utah, yeah, I was. I, I lost all respect for him. The ounce that I did, you know, unfortunately. Um, and so I made him choose me or, you know, Colorado. And without even caring about his feelings, or hearing his side of the story. So I made him up and move into a place that I knew he would hate. I knew that this would tear us apart even further. And yet I still asked him to do it. Wow. And you guys, in the middle of all this, you had, you had a child. Yeah. She was four, four, five, almost five when we decided to just be done with each other and now we're in separate states and a child. Wow. How long were you guys um, divorced? Seven, Seven years. years. <laughs> Say that one more time. Seven years. Seven years you were divorced. Married yeah. seven, divorced seven. Yes. Yep. Fascinating. So this this is where, you know, one of the things I love about the Bible is that the Bible doesn't hide the grittiness of humanity. It doesn't hide it at all. The fact that David, you know, uh, cheated on his on his wife and, and he had another man murdered and it doesn't hide any of that. It just talks about the real fallen nature. And I think sometimes people idolize humanity so to a point where if they fall, like they just throw them out the window and they have no disregard, they don't care, and then their focus is so much on the fallen state of man, or they have no trust or belief that God can reconcile. And I think it's not so much how dirty the pit that God pulls us out, but how great the God is to pull us out of that pit. Because you guys were divorced for seven years. And then something happened. The grace of God. That is an almost amazing thing on both of you, on, on both of you together in the relationship. Uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think that it was God that brought you guys together, like His powerful, you know, hand in your life? 
Yeah, definitely. I don't think that there could have been an opportunity without his work in it. Um, for him to, you know, bring us together, then separate us. I mean, obviously those are our own choices, but, you know, still mm -hmm. the path that he had designed for us too. He was able to erase all of that pain and all of that hurt and brokenness, even when neither one of us were a part of the church at that time. Yet he right. still had his hands in it to bring us back together for just enough for us to get that spark again. Yeah, we, we, we should not be where we are now. Statistically. Yes. You know, she was married. She's had two kids in that marriage. You know, so for all the things to fall into place so that we can be here is a miracle. That, that's all I can say. I, I can't explain it. I, you know, I didn't even want a relationship. I was, I was so okay with being alone. What do you think were some of the steps or some of the things that you looked in your past, that both of you guys have passed, what do you think that God used? Like, if you can recall a few times or maybe one instance where you think, you know what, God, this is all you. You're putting this together. Can you recall, like, a, a thing or two that really brought you guys on that journey that passed together? I remember Eli being there for um, my youngest daughter's first birthday and him being the one photographing it. And this is just as a friend. And yet he was there for every moment I ever needed him. And he remained my one of my best friends for seven years. Even while we were divorced, he still remained my best friend. And he would always be the person that I would turn to to tell them good news or bad news or to look for a handout, you know. I mean, he was he was the one that was always there through it all. And for me, I just was being a friend. You know, going back to as a kid, I was being faithful, accountable, trustworthy. And I know... During the marriage, I wasn't that. But this is where I started to turn my life over and give it back to God. And so in those times of separation, she needed a friend, and I was there as strictly just a friend, you know. And then when I went through my second divorce, um, he, I was left with nothing, and I had to pay the bills, and I had no way to do so. Um, you know, Eli was there to help me with watching the kids while I went to work at four o'clock in the morning. He would take them to school. He would get them ready. He would do all those things that I was supposed to be doing, but because I had to be at work, he took on that role for me to make it less stress for me. And he just jumped in right away with no questions or anything. Um, and so we, we were able to become closer friends during that time. And then we started, I started attending church with them on a regular basis, me and 
the younger kids. And I think that really built um, my pathway to, you know, getting over everything and to being open to even just the friendship truly growing. And Cassandra, what do you, what are your thoughts? Because you're like, you're, you're in, you know, during that time you were starting to give your life to, to Jesus and you're starting to follow him. And, and you, and you actually saw that kind of played out in, um, you would kind of sacrifice and put things aside so that way he can support you. And you guys weren't even married. You guys were just friends. I mean, what do you think about all of this being reunited and coming together again and being married again? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? So to me, when I saw those changes in him, I was like, man, this was the guy I always wanted. Like, this is who I thought he was and who I always admired because I knew it was in him. It just wasn't playing out before. But so to be able to see those changes in him, I was like, yeah, this was the... This was the man I was supposed to be married to. Um, and I really did. I, I had to give it to God for him to take control over the situation. And even though I don't think I was necessarily emotionally ready for another relationship, just getting out of it. And I had no no confidence in myself that I could um, follow through with the relationship with him. But I gave it to God. And I was like, you know what? I, I haven't been making the best choices by myself. So I need you to guide me yeah. and you to direct me in which direction and what steps I need to take next. And it just kind of came back together naturally. You know, I we were sitting on the couch one night and I, I just felt, you know what? Hold his hand. Just hold his hand. And I reached over. And I like touched his hand with my pinky. I was like really kind of hesitant to do it. And I grabbed his hand and I could feel that warmth again that I felt, you know, just like the first time. It was like being 16 again. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What, what about you, Eli? What were your thoughts on this slowly fusing together? Probably it didn't happen overnight. No. Like I said, I didn't want a relationship. Um, at that time, I was living the ultimate bachelor life, you know, um, doing what I wanted when I wanted. No um, curfews, no... No boundaries. You know, I wanted to go fishing. I'd just pick up and go fishing. I didn't have dad's permission. I didn't have to worry about kids. Um, I would just do it, you know. And so it definitely didn't happen overnight. But the more and more we just came together, it, I, I saw that that girl that I first fell in love with. And everything changed, you know. Um those feelings, I guess, don't go away. And they came back, and I was like, wow, I haven't felt like this about a girl in a very, very long time. And I didn't know I could. You know, I'm very yeah. 
standoffish. I I don't. Um. I'm I'm not a touchy feely kind of person. I don't like to put my feelings out there, and you know everything changed. It's interesting to see you um, mature over time and become, you know, slowly becoming, you know, what you and I both are not there yet, but to become the godly man that God wants us to be, to be shaped into Christ's image, how loving, more kind, passionate, but yet patient, um, and all of those things, we're, we are certainly showing a lot of grace um, in developing in what they call sanctification and becoming more like Christ. Do you, either of you, um, both, you know, clearly your life is a, uh, as an example of a second chance or a third, a fact that's the third time's a charm, <laughs> but really, you guys, what would you say to like couples that are either divorced or thinking about getting divorced? What would be something from your heart? What would you say? We'll start with either of you. Whatever the answer first. <laughs> So, looking back at my life and making that choice to leave, I would do it all over again because it shaped me to be who I am today. I I wish, though, that there was a different way to do it where maybe I said, let's just take a little break. Let's still be married and and um go off and find ourselves but be faithful to each other and let's keep fighting um i think because we were so young we just didn't know who we were um but for couples now that are contemplating divorce like don't do it you fell in love with that person for a reason you decided to enter into a relationship with them for a reason, you know, and there, we needed help. I mean, we, we had no role models. We looked at celebrities and thought, Hey, that's how we should be, you know? And so once we got counseling and, you know, even to this day, we still do counseling. We're not perfect, you know, so it, it's doable. You might think that you're in hell right now with this person, especially during this time when you're you're stuck every day with that person. You're like, I can't do this anymore. Well, you can. There's just tools that you need to use. You need to learn love. Men need to learn love. You know, that's our biggest thing is we need to show women love. And women, your men need to be respected. And I'm not saying get up, do the dishes, the laundry, the, you know, that's, that's not respect. It's showing that. For me, it was kind of making sure that he knew I respected him by letting him know, thank you for working hard for us. Thank you for making sure that our, you know, our paths to God are strong, you know, just showing him that I respected him in in front of him and not in front of him to other people, making sure that I never spoke ill of him or put him down to anybody. That was a huge thing for me to learn, that 
that is a way of showing him respect, even though he's not there. Um, and really making sure that we put God first in our relationship. And then we put our, you know, our partner in it. We made sure that their needs were taken care of before our own. Um, and that you was have tough to learn to, to learn. be selfless. Yeah. I think that's another good word of advice is be selfless. Not selfish, but selfless. Our society is filled with selfish people. And I think that's why we're at where we're at today. And we need to be more selfless. Mm-hmm. I think that's what marriage teaches us, is to be selfless. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are called to lay our lives down for, for our spouses. And that our spouses love us with that unconditional unconditional love well how was christ how did christ live his life yeah he could have easily snapped his fingers and came down off the cross and just wiped humanity off the timetable and started all over yeah yeah he held himself to that cross because he loved us so much that's the god i think actually the when um a couple gets married, that's a beautiful depiction of the gospel because you have uh, something that is in this world that is um, so corrupt, so uh, volatile, and it, it's broken. But when you have two people come together, that's the good news. And they show that you can demonstrate how you love each other in spite of their differences and their individuality and their weirdnesses. <laughs> And their idiosyncrasies. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. I was surprised in how much I could love again. I had no idea that the love that I have for him now was even possible. And and that is, that's all through God and being able to show the love that he gave to me and being able to spread that to him is amazing. Well, we... Final thought? Just keep trying. Um, marriage is a great thing. And you can get through it with help. Find the appropriate help. Not everybody is there to help you. Um, some just want to be nosy and give out your information to everybody. Um, so find the appropriate help. There's Men I know see therapy as a bad thing, but it is not a bad thing. That is good. You, you touched on that. And before I leave, you guys, I do want to just kind of reemphasize that a lot of people think that therapy or counseling is a cuss word. It really isn't. It's actually what I call like preventative maintenance, which you take your car and not ever go to get an oil change. <laughs> of course not. You'll destroy your, your vehicle. But it's almost like that preventative maintenance. People don't, when they get married, they don't plan to get a divorce. They just plan not to. And by you not going to counseling, bringing in a referee or a coach or a counselor or a therapy or a mentor, if you're not holding yourself accountable for that, somebody who asks the hard questions, somebody that you can just kind of be real and open, somebody that can speak into their life, a couple's life, you're setting yourself up for failure. You really are. And uh, I, I really appreciate what you said. Well, thank you. We, we appreciate 
appreciate you coming on here. Um, we love and we respect you and your family so much. Um, so it was an honor to have you on here. Yes, and, and you've helped us through a lot of situations. You've made it possible for us to um, find out about Weekend to Remember and to be able to attend. And that yeah. there gave us so many tools to make today possible. And, you know, we just, we really appreciate everything you guys have done for us. Well, very good. Thank you so much. You guys are very sweet. Before I leave, can I pray with you real quick? And then I'll hang up the phone. Yeah, okay, definitely. Yes. Okay. Lord, I am so thankful for Eli and Cassandra. They are a true testimony of your powerful, anointing grace that we tend to overlook. I pray, Lord, that this would minister to somebody out there, that it would encourage a troubled spouse that is on the verge of destruction, that there is hope that you would speak into their heart right where they are sitting or wherever they are driving behind the spirit. Your presence would just fill that space where there is hurt, there is pain, greed, and jealousy. Pray that you would just use this as a tool to bring them together. They'll strive for oneness in their marriage. That they'll strive for togetherness and unity. I pray that you would continue to minister and bless this little ministry that Eli and Cassandra are doing together. Pray, God, that everything that they do, God, let it be a blessing to others as it glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love you guys. <laughs> and uh, look forward to hanging out with you guys in the future after the whole pandemic is over. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's interview. That was kind of nice and something different to have. Um, we appreciate everybody's support in this. I mean, again, we're doing this for us to hold ourselves accountable in our relationship to help us continue to grow and get those tools in our belts. But if any of those tools are helping you, then that's even better. Um, again, you know, God put us together for a purpose and we really feel like it was to be able to show others that there's a possibility that you can work through this had we had an ounce of this knowledge or resources that we do now we could have you know grown so much in those seven years instead of being you know what we had become but now we get the opportunity to grow and help others grow if you do need help or someone to talk to, feel free. Um, again, Eli, I'll give you the information on how you can send a voicemail or a message and it be, um, you know, completely anonymous. So it's, you know, don't think that, you know, but no judgment because we've done a lot of stupid things in our marriage and all we can do is grow from it. Yeah, we're definitely not perfect. Even to this day, we're not perfect. We have our arguments, we have our fights, um, which every couple will go through. And it's normal. So don't think, oh, we fought this week. Now, you know, we have issues. No, it's normal to fight. Um, you're two separate people living together. You're existing in one space. 
And so you're going to argue, you're going to have differences and that's okay. It's just how you come out of those arguments and those differences that continue your relationship. Yeah. So once again, if you want to um, get at us, anchor.fm, anchor, like the boat anchor, .fm, second time's a charm. You can go, you can leave us a voicemail, um, or you can get us on our Instagram, second time's a charm one, second time's a charm one, and leave us a message, hit us up, let us know. You know, men, if you're struggling and you want some help, I'm definitely here. Um, this is a no judgment zone. Uh, we're not those kind of people that want to run off and tell other people what you did to us or you said to us. Um, we just want to help. We want marriages to grow because we've been there. We know how horrible it is um, being in those kind of situations. You feel like. There's no tomorrow, or you don't want there to be a tomorrow. So if you need us, we're here. Reach out, anchor.fm, second time's a charm, or on Instagram, second time's a charm one. We hope to hear from you.